Hello and welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I am your host, Tessa Zolli, licensed esthetician, and we're back for season three. I want to say thank you so much for your patience in waiting for the new episodes. I know I feel a little impatient when my favorite podcasts haven't put out an episode for a while, so I want to thank you for hanging in there. We had a very mellow holiday season, but we did get a new foster puppy, so that hasn't been so mellow, but it's been a lot, a lot of fun. I haven't had a dog since high school, and it was a small dog, so now that we have our little pit bull retriever mix, it's a different ball game, but I honestly love it because I feel like it gives me gives me purpose in my life in general outside of myself. It gives me a reason to get up in the morning. I think I like to nurture someone and take care of them. So it's been, it's been, you know, a learning process, but I would not trade it for the world. His name is Chai, by the way. If you haven't seen him, he's on my Instagram at my SD Tessa. He's so, so cute. Brown all over with a little white furry coat and white socks and little freckles on his feet and his pink brown nose. I just, I can't handle it. But that's been really, really exciting. And I think it brings good balance into my life. I think that's probably my word for 2023 is, is balance. And I don't have any crazy 180s I feel like I need to do to apply to my lifestyle. I've definitely had years where about six years ago, I totally stopped drinking. That was one of my new year's resolutions. And I actually never looked back. And that's been an amazing choice for me. I've had years where I changed my fitness routine, changed my nutrition And this year I I really feel like I am in a good place and I'm ready just for some steady growth and, you know, I'm kind of just easing my toe, (laughs) dipping my toe into 2023, but I'm excited for what's to come. But I also wanted to say, if you feel like there's this big pressure around 2023, don't feel that way. I know sometimes it gets overwhelming even if you start the new year out a certain way and then maybe there's one day where you can't follow that or something else happens and you feel like you are off course. You're never really off course. You can start over at any time. So if you feel like making a resolution in February or March or whenever, that's totally okay too. But I do want to hear your resolutions or goals for this year ahead. So if you have any, please slide in my DMs and share because I want to get inspired. I want to hear what you guys are up to. One thing I I definitely do want to make more of an effort towards this year is not being so hard on myself with the content I make, not getting so attached to certain results or outcomes. And even with the podcast, I think 
not putting so much pressure on myself to edit perfectly or record perfectly. It is difficult to talk for an hour straight without messing up or slurring your words, but it's a new level of pressure, obviously, when you're recording something to put it out for thousands of people to listen to. So I obviously want to make it as great as I can, but I think having a little leeway with myself, being more fluid and more forgiving will actually probably help me create better content and more and more of it. Transitioning a little bit to the topic of today's show, I'm so excited to get into it. I want to talk about my 2023 trend predictions for where the skincare industry is going and where I see aesthetics going. So let's get into it. As far as my skincare predictions and where I think the market is really going, I think some key things have happened in 2022, one of them being a big lawsuit over the clean label. And I think that is going to be a big impetus for change. I think consumers are starting to become more savvy, and I think the thing they really prioritize is feeling like brands are transparent. And I feel like the clean beauty community almost hid behind that facade of transparency when there was really a lot of unregulated claims going on. And I feel like that just generates more fatigue and people just wanting now to see results with their products. I think that is going to be where skincare is shifting to. I think we're moving away from so much focus on natural and clean. And a lot of influencers have come out and said, you know, those claims don't necessarily mean a product is going to be safer for you. It doesn't mean it's better for the environment. It definitely doesn't going, it doesn't mean you're going to start to see more results just because you are using a clean product. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if that term kind of falls off completely. Does it become chewy? And where does the industry go from here? I think most people at the end of the day use skincare because they want to see results in their skin. And that's where I predict some good things coming for our industry and for estheticians. I think when people feel like they've been constantly misled and they're so confused because there's so much in the marketplace, people want a solution. And I think the professional world is going to be a key player in where the industry goes from here. I think we're going to see not only an increase in demand for estheticians, we know that is a trend that is predicted to increase rapidly. I think we're also going to start to see more professional products become more widely known by consumers in in the mass market. And it didn't used to be like that. It used to be that professional products were kind of hid away, you know, and you'd only see them if you went to your esthetician. But now more people want to show and celebrate doing that with their followers online. 
And I think another thing is going to play a key role in aesthetics growing as a whole. I think we're starting to see, we've already seen it, the rise of the authentic influencer. We're shifting our focus to people like Alex Earl, who the audience feels like they know, they feel like she's not hiding anything. She talks about how her room is dirty and how she hasn't written her paper and people really gravitate towards that authenticity. She's shown her cystic acne online. And I think, again, that's where where the focus is going. We're tired of the curated feeds. We're tired of filters. We're tired of Facetune. So what happens next? People want to achieve those results in real life. And I think professionals and experts and even estheticians, I think we're starting to become more known. So I think this is a really exciting time for us and our growth as skin professionals. I think hyperpigmentation and acne obviously remain huge concerns. And something I've been thinking about is how my generation and Gen Z as well, we are really the generations that were promoted a lot of birth controls that grew up with a very processed diet. And I think those things are definitely correlated to the increase we're seeing in acne. We might also see that because so many people are using so many products from their hair care to their skin care to their beauty products. So I think these are going to remain key focal points for the market. And I think we're only going to start to see more solutions offered around them. I've already noticed the supplement market has really hopped on the hormonal acne train and there are a lot of products that that claim to help with that i think i also notice with my clients the hyperpigmentation is what really like literally sticks with people i think they might understand their acne is only going to last so long before it comes and goes but the hyperpigmentation can really bother people because it sticks around for so long and it can kind of be a negative reminder of the fact that somebody picked or they had a big pimple. So I think we're going to continue to see more products around those concerns. And with that, hopefully will come more of a willingness to invest in the right tools, aka estheticians and clinically proven products. I think when it comes to the amount of products people are using, you know, five years ago, it was all about the 12-step routine. Then we saw the pendulum swing, which it always does. And I think people were really about that minimalist life and people really embrace drugstore skincare on the whole. I feel like 2021 and 2022, I've never seen so much drugstore skincare online and not just with one demographic, really just widespread, no matter the budget. I feel like I saw so much CeraVe and so much La Roche-Posay. And I think now we're at a place where 
a lot of people don't want 30 things in their in their skincare cabinet, but they're willing to do more than two or three steps. And I think that's where intention really comes in. And again, that's where I think skincare professionals can have a really impactful role. And I noticed a lot of people sharing their intentions for 2023. Intention, the word itself, was a big theme. And I think that's where we're going. People almost want to feel like they have this foolproof capsule collection of skincare where, you know, it it might be five to 10 products, but they all have a place. And I think that is what is really important to consumers. I think we're also going to see more in the way of multi-purpose products, products that do more than one thing, treat more than one concern. I think that helps consumers to rationalize a purchase and have less buyer's remorse if they feel like, okay, I didn't use that on my lips, but I do use it on my eyes or people just kind of figuring out it's more of a cost per wear or cost per use situation if they can use a product more than one way. So I think that is going to be a big thing and I might have something exciting coming on that note. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We will see. Okay, on to the next one. I think we're also going to start seeing, we already are seeing this, but more straight men really embracing their skin and investing in their skin. I treat probably 95% women, but I have had more guys starting to trickle in and, you know, it might be because their girlfriends or their wives suggested it, but I do think men's skincare remains a big gap in the skincare marketplace. And I think there is definitely room for some companies to step up and really make skincare streamlined and attractive for guys. So I predict that's something we'll see more of. I know we saw Brad Pitt come out with his products and I think some other some other celebrity guys, but I really predict more guys start to feel more comfortable with skincare and start to feel like, you know, it's it's normal that I have a skincare routine and it doesn't reflect anything about my gender that I want to take care of my skin. And I think that is awesome. And I think more guys should be doing that, but I definitely predict more brands taking advantage of the male marketplace because I mean, think of how many brands you feel like are directed toward the feminine gaze. I feel like you just don't see you don't see that much in the way of men's skincare. And to be honest, they don't really need a dedicated skincare line to, to use skincare, of course. But I do see more brands taking advantage of a marketing opportunity. Barrier health. I think this is going to remain a key focus of skincare on the whole now that people understand what a skin barrier is. And of course my 
age group we went through, you know, the Stridex pads and the proactive and the acne kits where you would just obliterate your skin until it burned and peeled. And I think now there's for sure a lot more emphasis on skin barrier health, which I think is a totally positive thing. But I think more people are wanting to understand how you attain barrier health. How do you know when you don't have good skin barrier health? And I think that will need to remain a a focus of any brand that wants to succeed. I think people are really looking for balance. We also saw skin cycling, you know, have this moment on social media and then it kind of started to get criticized. I think it goes back to what I was saying about gimmicks. I think people are just not falling for it as much. And, you know, as soon as one idea is putting is put out there, somebody else is willing to stitch that video and clear things up. So I think it's harder to get away with certain kind of gimmicky universal skin trends. I do see this also being an opportunity for us professionals again, because as the general public starts to realize, okay, everyone can't slug. Everyone doesn't see results if they use skin cycling. So what's the trend here? Maybe I need a custom routine and some professional help. I think we've seen skin cycling already sort of fall out of favor. And what I would hope the general public would glean from that is that it is really hard to follow just a universal schedule for your skincare routine. You really see the best results when you are on a custom professional routine and it's a routine that is made for you and your skin. So I think seeking out expertise and custom help with your skin is something that I hope, I hope more people continue to strive for. As far as professional treatments and where I see that heading, I think you could probably guess this, but I think a lot of people are craving shorter appointments and faster treatments, but the same result. So that's going to present a challenge for the industry, but I think it could also be great for us if we can see more people in a shorter amount of time and, you know, decrease the number of physical hours we are in the treatment room sitting standing hunched over so i think it's going to be a challenge but it could be a good thing i think now is the time to add an express treatment or a virtual appointment a virtual skin consultation before somebody comes into the treatment room because i think staying home has just become the default at this point i think the pandemic changed a lot of things and i think Home is where most people feel safe and comfortable. And I know I feel this way. Like if I have to leave my house, you know, I want to kind of get it over and done with. And it's just changed from the days where people were willing to spend a whole afternoon at the spa. I think that definitely still exists. There's still demand for it. 
But I do think things are changing. People are busier than ever. A lot of people have a job and a side hustle and they have kids. So making it convenient for the customer, I think, is what what it's all about. I mean, I went to get my nails done the other day. And as much as I love massage, as much as I love personal touch, I felt like on that day, I could kind of do without a five-minute hand massage. And I feel like express treatments are what a lot of people would prefer. And for a lot of people, it's hard to lie down on a bed for hours. They're just thinking of their to-do list. So as much as a good thing as it is to get that kind of treatment, and I think fluffy facials, pampering treatments absolutely serve a critical a critical place in our industry. So that's not what I'm saying. And I think certain people will maybe crave that all the more if, if, if getting a facial is where they have their self-care time. But I do think we want to consider offering shorter, more convenient options for our clients. In terms of tools, I think we're going to see more people again, willing to invest in advanced treatments from the comfort of home. If they feel like they can get a similar result versus going in into a spa every couple of weeks for an led treatment and they can do it at home. I could see it being something people are more and more willing to rationalize and to consider as part of their self-care. And maybe that's an opportunity for more wholesale or more retail for estheticians. In terms of product innovation, there's one category of skincare that I think has so much room for growth, and that is SPF. I think in recent years, we have seen SPF become more widely embraced. It's not just something we put on for beach trips. It's something a lot of people are using every single day, which is so awesome. I think now there's just room for more companies to make sunscreen reapplication a lot easier on their on their customers because I can't tell you how many clients I talk to a day who struggle with SPF reapplication and they want to use it, but it just hasn't become convenient for them. They feel like they need to wash their hands. It's going to ruin their makeup. It's oily and doesn't, you know, work with their other products. So I think companies are going to think a lot harder about how they can make dispensing the product super easy and seamless and still provide really good coverage at the same time. Also think we're going to see the gap between makeup and skincare shrink away until we're just looking at a product that does both. This is definitely already been a thing. We're seeing a lot of makeup brands really tout that they are more like a skincare product, but this is something I could see continue to become the norm. I know myself, I can't remember the last time I just put on foundation. If I'm going to use something that provides coverage, I want it to perform like a skincare product. I think Total Eye by Color Science, it's been around for a while, but very innovative for its time. It's kind of a foreign one. It's an SPF. It is a color correcting concealer. It also addresses skin concerns such as fine lines, dark circles for the long term. And you have that 
cooling applicator that kind of feels like a skincare tool in and of itself. So I think we're going to see more brands jumping on that bandwagon. I also think we're going to see more buzz around the term pore clogging. This is also a term that isn't regulated and it can really vary. I believe based on formula, I believe brands would need to test the final formula, but that could possibly be a good thing if brands were actually putting their products through more testing for acne prone individuals, because it feels like the wild, wild west right now where consumers are scanning all of their products, going through target and you know, they're relying on these ingredient detectors to tell them if a product is going to break them out or not. I would actually love to see more progression, more brands doing that, definitely more makeup brands doing that and more regulation and testing around the whole concept of acne safe or pore clogging. In terms of medical aesthetics, I think this is also a really interesting time. I have so many clients who are willing to get these types of treatments that are not cheap. And I mean, if you just think about, you know, when a lot of our parents grew up, most of them never used a laser or got Botox in their twenties. And this is something that's becoming more and more normalized. I think we're going to see a lot in the way of skin tightening devices and devices for collagen production, specifically acne scarring, come to the forefront. I think Morpheus 8 had a a big moment last year. It's going to be interesting to see if any new lasers develop, but I think a lot of people want to target aging and overall skin texture and refining their skin concerns at the same time. Lastly, I want to talk about injectables because I think this is an interesting space to watch. I think people on the whole are going to start expecting more of their neuromodulators. We saw Daxify become recently FDA approved. Daxify is a neuromodulator in the same family as Botox and Xeomin. This is a injectable that is anticipated to last between four to six months, whereas most injectables tend to last around three. And I think we're also going to see biostimulating injectables start to become more of a preference. Injectables that actually generate new collagen. I think just the concept of filling and filling and filling and more volume is definitely fallen out of favor. You see a lot of conversation around pillow face and just an overfilled face. And a lot of people are predicting fillers are going to become less trendy. I predict they're going to actually continue to be in demand. I think it's just going to be a matter of getting them in the right hands and using a product that provides a really subtle result. And I think if it can also promise to improve the skin, I think that's going to be really popular. Please let me know if you have any predictions for 2023. Where do you think we are headed as a skincare industry or what is an innovation that you personally 
feel like you need to see in the marketplace. Let me know at my SD Tessa. I am on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm also on YouTube. My channel is Tess Zolly. I plan to continue with more videos on there soon too. I hope you guys like this very first episode of season three and get so excited because there is a lot more to come. Thank you guys for listening and I will talk to you next time.